0: This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. If you have noticed over the last couple of years... That in response to global crises or in a response to what the media deems as a national threat, you have had a common response to those who are picked as the bad guys in whatever situation that might be deemed as the evil, no good, terrible, bad person. Or organization that, in almost all cases, is the person or group of people that the media is saying are the bad guys. And the response that is now all of a sudden becoming commonplace, or you could say it is the way to respond du jour, started around 2016 or so. It is the joining of both government embargoes or offensive means of cutting off diplomacy with private businesses cutting off funds, freezing of assets, and deplatforming by private companies and organizations. And I want to give you a few examples from memory of when you might have heard this happening in the last few years. Firstly, a good example would be, you might remember when the PGA, the Pro Golfers Association, removed the long-held championship at the Trump Doral Resort and then moved the championship to Mexico to protest, then candidate Trump's position on illegal immigration. They said that they had to take a stand against hate, which, of course, is just virtue signaling and ridiculousness. Secondly, you might remember when the NFL and the NBA decided to take part in hard stands against the United States of America by playing the black national anthem at ball games, disrespecting our American national anthem and the out-of-many-one unity of our nation. In other words, the NBA and the NFL actively participated in dividing the nation, and they did so strategically. Thirdly, you might remember the immediate allegiance of hundreds of corporate brands When the fires of the revolution began in the United States in May of 2020, while the White House was being besieged, and while our nation's cities were on fire, corporations like United, General Motors, UPS, Apple, MasterCard, Disney World, Marriott Hotel Group, And Google and many others, especially those that are affiliated with the World Economic Forum, jumped on board and began to push critical race theory and the Marxist organization, the Marxist revolutionary organization known as Black Lives Matter, across the airwaves. They did this in commercials. They did this in print. They did this in ads and social media. And of course, they were joined by folks like Ed Stetzer, a religious man, who did the same. Corporations in America rushed to push in diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, and they made it very clear that microaggressions and microassaults would not be tolerated in their corporate culture anymore. In other words, they were bringing in Marxism. You might also remember that social media companies Video streaming services let the public know that they would ban any talk of any discussion of a Wuhan lab being the source of the virus. This is back in the spring and summer of 2020. They would also ban and completely demonetize and remove any discussion that stated that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin could be used as treatment against the virus. Then you might also remember that just prior to the election in 2020, that various social media organizations stated that they would shut down and ban anyone who may claim that Donald Trump won before they officially announced the winning candidate. Seriously, do you remember this? I mean, this was Mark Zuckerberg and others saying this. And also remember that anyone that ever said that the election was stolen or that it was fake, you would get banned as well. That affected our accounts here at Sovereign Nations. Then do you remember what happened on January 6th when Twitter, Facebook, and other social media companies banned the President of the United States from his own platform? Ladies and gentlemen, that was a historic moment. Social media companies and other companies banned the president of the United States from his own platforms. Do you remember when Amazon Web Services, Apple and Microsoft, basically shut down Parler because Parler wouldn't play their game against Trump? Trump. Do you remember being ordered by the social media companies that you couldn't mention Trump's name or type his name in social media without the possibility of being banned? Do you remember any of this? Do you remember just recently when Justin Trudeau colluded with the banks in Canada and America, colluded with the social media companies, colluded with payment services to shut down the accounts Of the peacefully protesting Canadian truckers? Do you remember that? And now, Vladimir Putin is getting the same treatment as the Canadian truckers. Odd how that works. Apple has announced that they are closing their stores in Russia. The tech giant said that it was deeply concerned about the Russian invasion and stands with those suffering as a result of the violence. Apple Pay and other services such as Apple Maps have also been limited. On the other hand, Apple refused to make any adjustments in China over the genocide of the Uyghur people by the Chinese Communist Party. Odd how that works. Now, earlier in Russia, Google restricted news firms funded by the Russian government from advertising tools and some features on YouTube. They said, quote, we are committed to complying with all sanctions requirements, and we continue to monitor the latest guidance. End quote. This is what the company wrote in a blog post. Google also told the BBC that Google Pay had been limited in their country for those using sanctioned banks. Google has not, however, blocked Google Pay in Russia. Google also said, quote, most of our services, like search, maps, and YouTube currently remain available in Russia, continuing to provide access to global information and perspectives. Well, of course they do. Because they want to make sure that the Russian people get information about what the World Economic Forum, as well as everybody else, that are part of a massive push against their current leader, are saying. And so what you are seeing is the enforcement of sanctions and as well the control of communication by a public-private partnership. Now, this is regardless of whether you are someone who is supporting Ukraine, which you should, and supporting the people that are in Ukraine, but also if you're even thinking of the people in Russia who are now being punished for what their leader or the conflict that their leader has with NATO and the World Economic Forum. Now, these public-private partnerships well, sometimes... Is just by the private companies, and not by the governments, which might be telling you something. And this is the beginning of a fascistic corporatist rule of the world. It is fascism. And it is the beginning of what will be the system that will guide all corporate principles, as well as individual principles. It is the precursor, from a macro level, of what everyone will be faced with In a micro level, constant censorship and instant punishment if you, even if you are the President of the United States, will be facing. Or if you are a trucker out protesting against government mandates. Oh, you will be punished and punished quickly if you do not fall in line with the direction of the new oligarchical technocracy. You must obey or you will lose everything. And so what you are seeing are the natural consequences of what the World Economic Forum has been putting together for years. The blending of a new order to the world. Not a world that is governed by constitutions and republics and all that old stuff. Not a world of borders and laws that are accountable to the people. But a borderless world, which really is not accountable to the people. A world whose laws and edicts, really, change with the times. With edicts that change according to what is necessary at the time to accomplish the goals of the ruling class. A world where the news that you are receiving is the news that the ruling elite want you to see and hear, and not the objective truth that may cause you to reject their benevolent leadership. It is a world where... Truth in the objective sense is rejected, and where the primary purpose is the only truth that can be believed, and that is what truth works for the oligarch's ultimate goals. So, for example, if the goals of the new ruling class elite is to force everyone to receive a unique and untested medical procedure, then it is right to hide the side effects and the dangers of your desired medical procedure. Because it is all about you accomplishing your goals of beginning a new identification system. And you just can't have people getting hesitant, can you? So those that refuse to get the new medical experiment, well, you freeze those people out of society. You have them fired. You don't allow them to enter stores or restaurants. You bankrupt them. You treat them like, well, like you did Donald Trump or like you are doing right now to Vladimir Putin and to the Russian people. And you want to know what else? You really want to move everyone in the nation to a new, collective, non-individual transportation system, one that you completely control. So you begin by shutting down All the oil and gas production that your presidential predecessor had created that led to cheap gas and transportation and low costs for goods and food and services. You got to end all that. And what you do is you make sure that you do everything possible to inflate the cost of gas for the average person. You see, you make it painful to fill a tank of gas. So painful that average people who are just trying to make ends meet will be open to your draconian great reset of transportation. So, for example, on MSNBC's show yesterday, this is what Transportation Secretary and Gramscian Marxist Pete Buttigieg said in response to some questions by the anchor. And this is basically what he said was that, in essence, that to combat oil prices skyrocketing amid the Russian invasion of Ukraine, President Joe Biden did not want to authorize the Keystone Pipeline. And according to Buttigieg, it would be, quote, galloping after permanent solutions to immediate short-term problems, end quote. And so the anchor of the MSNBC show, Stephanie Ruhl, replied to Buttigieg saying this. She said, quote, I want to stay on gas for another moment. You're absolutely right. The president does not set the price of gas, but he can influence it. And while releasing some strategic reserve matters, given how much has been released, it is really just a drop in the bucket. Are there things, and I realize this is controversial, it has a huge environmental impact. But could the president possibly consider authorizing the Keystone Pipeline? Or working something out with Iran? And quote. And Gramscian Marxist Pete Buttigieg replied, quote, Look, the president has said that all options are on the table, but we also need to make sure that we are not galloping after permanent solutions to immediate short-term problems. Where more strategic and tactical actions in the short term that can make the difference, like what you have with the strategic reserve, which exists partly in order to respond to situations like this, end quote. And then he added this, quote, The president has laid policies that are going to help cushion the impacts of any volatility in energy markets in the future by building up more of a diversified and homegrown energy base for this country." So let me help interpret what Pete Buttigieg is saying. This is what they're saying. The Biden administration is helping to shift consumers from oil and gas and will continue to make sure that the price of oil and gas continues to climb higher and higher until no one can afford to drive anymore. And the Biden administration is working with their private partners, car manufacturers, to completely move away from gasoline and into electric to ensure that the United States follows all of the guidelines of the World Economic Forum and their marketing partners, you know, the United Nations, as we globally implement the 17 sustainability goals for the world. That is what Pete Buttigieg is actually saying. That is why when Biden's special presidential envoy for climate justice... John Kerry, was asked about the situation with Russia, Putin, and Ukraine. Kerry's reply was, quote, Massive emissions consequences to the war, but equally more importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose, certainly, big country attention because they will be diverted and I think it could have a damaging impact, end quote. Kerry added that he hoped Putin would recognize the damage that climate change has allegedly inflicted on his own country. And, quote, stay on track, end quote, with fighting it. That was his focus. His focus was that Putin should recognize the damage that climate change has allegedly inflicted on his own country and stay on track. That's what his main focus was. So this is what he continues to say. And I quote, quote, So, you know, hopefully I think President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66% of a nation that was over frozen land. Well, now it's thawing, and his infrastructure is at risk, and the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate." End quote. Yes, John Kerry's main concern in the conflict between Russia and Ukraine is climate change. Because John Kerry's first responsibility is not the saving of lives or the cause of peace, but his first obligation is to the public-private partnership of the global fascists in Davos just like every other leader in the world is obligated to the goals of the World Economic Forum and China. And this needs to end, and it needs to end now. We must restore American independence. We must restore the Constitution of the United States. And we must make America, America again. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences Both Foreign and Domestic. Thank you.